Welcome to the EXO Podcast. I am your host, Brent Evans, president of Marriage Today. With me today is Sean Reed. Hey, Brent. I'm excited Welcome. to be here, man. Welcome back to the uh, podcast. My wife, Lynette, and I, we created Not Just Roommates. And uh, I'm happy to share some wisdom today. Hopefully, that's going to help somebody. Got this wonderful lady next to me, Caitlin. Caitlin Edwards. I've been a part of the Marriage Today team for a while. Happy to be here. Bringing us some good stuff from the current news deck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got some great articles for us today. Well, we're talking today about abandonment and marriage. Mm-hmm. And this is a topic that we hear a lot about at Marriage Today. In fact, it's our most highly trafficked news article on our website. Mm-hmm. Wow. People are, are, are struggling with their marriage. They really don't know where to turn whenever one of the spouses has uh, vacated the marriage, yeah. either emotionally or physically. Uh, you know, A lot of times you have one person in a relationship that works all the time. They give no communication. They have no nothing to offer in the marriage other than maybe just a paycheck and uh, you know some business-type relationship relationships and arrangements mm-hmm. and so people feel hopeless when they're in that situation they don't wow. know what to do it's got to be tough it's got to be a tough situation to be in mm-hmm. uh, when a person is looking to try to get out of the darkness and into the light so hopefully today we'll be able to shed some light and give some some information some tips that can help them out immediately we yeah. do we have some great stuff coming up we're also talking about date nights every time we have a podcast we like to tell people about our partners at date box and this is a subscription service. Every month they send a new date box to your home. All you have to do is go to their website, getdatebox.com, to check it out. Use the promo code EXOPODCAST whenever you check out, and they'll give you your first month for free. All you have to do is pay $5 in shipping. And this is something new every month. So if you're in a rut in your date nights, you don't really know what to do every month, mm-hmm. you can go on getdatebox.com and check them out. They have some amazing stuff there for you to get your date night right back on track. And hope you check them out. Imagine a relaxing, adventurous cruise among glaciers, mountains, and charming fishing villages, combined with life-changing marriage teaching from Jimmy Evans. Set sail June 29th to July 6th, 2018, on the Exo Marriage Cruise to Alaska. Unforgettable views, luxurious accommodations, and eight days of romance in one of the most scenic parts of North America. Book your stateroom now at exomarriage.com cruise. Here's a saying that my friend told me, and see what you think about this saying. The devil attacks at the point of unity. I was in a meeting one day with one of my friends. He's, he does Bible translation all over the world. And we were having this meeting, and he made that statement. When he made that statement, you know, it's like your puppy, you know, kind of tilts your head. What did you just say? The devil attacks at the point of unity. Let me tell you why. Unity offends him and threatens his kingdom. God saw a man alone, and he knew that that man alone could not do what God had called him to do. He made a helper comparable for him. And as soon as the devil saw a married couple, he was threatened. Because when we are together, we are unstoppable. Jesus said, if two on earth would agree together as touching anything you would ask, my father would do it. He didn't say that for one, though. He said it for two. And so when we're unified, the devil is offended and threatened by that, and so he attacks. And if he can divide us, he can defeat us. Let me say this. Divorce is just the ultimate act of division. But, you know, for every divorced couple, at one point in time, they were madly in love. And I believe that most people who fail in marriage are the most precious people in the world because I know a lot of them. I don't think they're evil. I don't think they intended to fail. I think they wanted to be happy, but they got deviled and they didn't know it. 
because he's so evil, he's so stealthy. The serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Evil. Stealthy. He wants to destroy our destiny, our happiness, our intimacy, and everything else. First up in the world of celebrities and social media, we have some marriage news today, guys. Kristen Bell gave a interview on Reddit and gave some marriage advice, and the world is going nuts over this. Are you guys familiar with what Reddit is? Yes, I am. It's an, in case you're not, it's an online forum. It's they call it the front front page of the internet. It's essentially where you can go and have dialogue with other people all over the world about any topic. You look it up, it's on there. But Kristen Bell, she did this thing called an Ask Me Anything, where somebody can go in and ask a celebrity or a prominent figure questions, anything they want, and that celebrity responds and gives answers. And somebody asked her about her marriage. And she gave some in, some advice that the world's going nuts over. She said here, and this is a quote, try hard. It's uncomfortable but worth it. Also be vulnerable. No one does it right and forgive. So forgive and then be vulnerable again. Now, I don't know about you, but for me it's kind of hard to believe that this trending, jaw-dropping, groundbreaking marriage advice is work yeah. hard. Like, <laughs> but that is absolutely amazing. Do you guys think this advice is all it's made out to be? Work hard? Is this, is this worth trending on Twitter? I mean, it's not bad. It's just amazing that we're at a place to where work hard at a relationship is like big groundbreaking revelation. Mm -hmm. People, especially in my generation, they don't want to work hard at anything. Oh, that's tough. Mm -hmm. But in order for marriage to work, we got to tough it out. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it is powerful. She's onto something. Yeah, she's right. And I think it's phenomenal to hear somebody saying something with some sanity. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it does say a lot about where we are right now as a nation, you know, as a people to get to a place to where it's like, oh man, do I really have to? Right. If You know, maybe I guess it's a lot of people who feel like if it's love, it'll just work. Mm -hmm. And so they still need to kind of be reminded, no, you got to toughen up and you got to make this thing happen. Mm -hmm. But at least people with a platform are saying something positive about marriage, giving yeah. advice to stay together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of awkward, random stuff, you know. Uh -huh. So I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. No, I think that's what celebrities actually have a relationship built upon good solid foundations mm -hmm. yeah. sticks out like a sore thumb like you're they're just they're probably one of the few people in hollywood that actually are doing the right things yeah and that is in and of itself breaking mm -hmm. news story like they're they're yeah. getting it right so many couples i see in celebrity news they're together because they're both beautiful they both have they're right. both popular yeah. and it's just so not going to make it because they're not built upon those being vulnerable with your spouse. Well, they don't even they don't even live in a real reality. I just read an article actually about Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, and they're actually not buying Christmas gifts for their kids this year. Um, they try to stay really down to earth. They think their kids have enough. They're going to give back this year at Christmas and do some things that just kind of bring their kids back down to earth. It's nice to see some celebrity couples yeah. doing something that mm -hmm. makes them a little bit more relatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Absolutely. awesome. The sanity. Okay. I am very excited about this next piece. We have a real-life notebook situation on our hands, guys. Mm. Please tell me you've seen the movie The Notebook. Yes. Uh, yes. It's your favorite actor, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, man. He's I a mean, big Ryan, Ryan Gosling, Gosling fan. <laughs> okay, in The Notebook, <laughs> these long-lost lovers reconnect, fall in love. You know, she loses her memory. He sticks by her side. Yes. And then at an old age, they die together in each other's arms. Yeah. This happened in real life. Mm. Jean Spear, who's 94, met her husband, 
George at a London uh, dance hall back in World War II. They've been together ever since. and That's a long time. They just recently, uh, one, the husband, Gene, died at 4.30 in the morning, a few days after being admitted for pneumonia, and then the next one passed away just hours mm-hmm. later together. Wow. But something mm-hmm. she said, she had some really good marriage advice. I thought it was great. Somebody had asked her on her 72nd wedding anniversary what the secret was to staying happy in marriage all these years, and she said, I've taken a lot of time to consider it. I realized when we met that we were on to a good thing. When we got married, we thought we were in heaven. Throughout our lives, in the ups and downs, we know that together we're a good thing. We recognize it, and we've never failed to acknowledge it. And I thought that was so cool, just staying grateful and realizing we're good. We have a good thing, and even in the ups and downs, just remembering we have a good thing. Mm. Kept them happy and together all those years, and they died in each other's arms. You know what? If I'm going to go out after living the full life, I want to go out like that. That's fantastic. Right? You know what I mean? After you've lived that long mm-hmm. and you've fulfilled you know, whatever it was you were going to do on this earth, if, if my wife were to suddenly mm-hmm. slip away at four... Uh, I would be very pleased that the Lord took me a couple hours. Yes, uh-huh. I think it's phenomenal. I thought mm-hmm. it was great. It's a beautiful story. Good job, Kayla. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Our hearts are warm. We're all the crying. tears are flowing. All we need is a little rain. I know. Right? And then we grab each other and hold each other. Yeah. Just you know. waiting on the Lifetime or Hallmark movies based on their lives. <laughs> what would it be called? The Notebook Part 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Real creative there, Kayla. <laughs> 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 marriage conference is great um it's great because we actually get to see jimmy in person and it definitely helped me out because now i could love my wife and be more sensitive to the to her needs and wants and you know so happy god is good happy wife (laughs) happy life we put so much time into our work and our our jobs give us training tools to help us get better at what we're doing why not invest that same in your marriage it's one of the best that we have found to uh, help marriages to restore and to grow on when we first started listening to it we were in not a bad place but you know a rocky place and jimmy really helped put us out of that place and uh, we've been listening to him ever since um and we just thought he was just awesome before we came, but the conference being live and being able to see him, uh, it's, it's amazing. And we we need the knowledge, and they have it, so mm-hmm. need to come and get it. Yeah. And they brought it they brought it down to they, earth to where you could anybody could understand it, you know. So it's 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 awesome. I would definitely say um, to Jimmy and Karen and Marriage Today, thanks for the lifeline. We we're like kind of drowning out there, and uh, you all threw us a lifeline, and we really appreciate it. And uh, I think the most beneficial part of that is that we're able to kind of take that lifeline and throw it out to other people. for our favorite segment on the EXO podcast called The Worst, where we talk about the worst versions of things. The worst! Today we have the worst pet names or nicknames that you could have for your spouse. So annoying. So annoying. Especially in public. I'm a babe. I'm a baber. You know, some people are babers. Some people aren't. But some people, that's like all they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you call Stephanie babe. You're a baber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same for me. Okay. Well, babe's okay. It's acceptable. It doesn't make our list of the worst. But first up, we have Schmoop or Schmoopy or Schmoopsy. Very Seinfeld. It's from a Seinfeld episode. Schmoopy? Shmo- oh, Schmoopy. You don't remember Schmoopy? Schmoopy. <laughs> <laughs> and the awkwardness that ensued whenever. Schmoopy. Yes, okay, second, we have in the Schmoopy family, Poopsy, Cutie Patootie. Oh. Anything food related, <laughs> pudding, baby cakes, honey pot, 
Muffin. Snuffleupagus. No. See, that's just that, that's just like um, gives you weird feelings whenever you hear somebody call somebody else Snuffleupagus. Can you imagine like being in a church service or even at dinner with friends and being like, "Hey, Snuffleupagus, can you pass me that salt? <laughs> pass me the rose. How about cow pie? Ooh, booger. I have such yeah. a problem with that, or booger. especially sugar booger. That's just really offensive to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's an interesting one. Slutty buddy. Yeah. Maybe save that one for a private time. Yes. I would think that would not be uh, one you want to use in public. No, that's not something you want to hear your grandfather call your grandmother oh. across the Thanksgiving <laughs> oh, table. Be so slutty buddy. Slutty buddy. Depending on the person, this could be pretty offensive. How about thunder chunk? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That one's got a nice ring to it. Big McLarge. I think you're very, you're very secure in your relationship whenever you can call your significant other you thunder chunk. You better be chunk, calling the, the man thunder chunk. If you call me thunder chunk, we've got a problem. <laughs> Same with, oh, Hitler. That's a positive, uplifting Whoa. nickname. No. Fart bomber. That's the worst. Maybe. Well, that might be a very accurate description of your spouse. <laughs> Who knows? All of these need to be clarified, maybe for private use only. Again, okay, so here's one that's controversial, mama or daddy. I personally, this gets all over me when somebody calls, uh, hey, daddy, or hey, mommy, in front of, like, they're talking like they're talking for their child, but the child's not there. You're mm-hmm. so used to maybe doing it for your kid. Like, will you go get mommy a, a drink? But then you're like, hey, mommy. Like, no, don't call me mommy. So uh, do, do you guys have pet <laughs> names at home that y'all want to share? Uh, no. no. I, di- I disagree. I bet you do. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have pet names for my dog, for my girls. I would never call my husband something. Schmoopsy. Uh, Stephanie and I have a language that we talk, but it's just just for the two of us, and I would never share it ever. What? Because it's like naming body parts or something? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a <laughs> do share. It's, just a, uh, it's like our own like code language kind of thing. Come we here, we share thighs. thunder chunk. <laughs> thunder thighs. No, it's not okay. But I would never like want somebody else to be subjected to it no that's they wouldn't a, understand it it's when you do it in public and you're subjecting everyone else yes. to your weirdness yeah there's just a certain level of marital weirdness that's allowed in your home <laughs> privately that you shouldn't have to expose everyone else to it's the worst when you accidentally call someone like your mother-in-law babe Ooh. my husband's called my dad babe on accident so, you know just an accidental slip of the babe uh, that would be weird it's like accidentally closing with I love you to like a salesperson on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, bye. Ooh. <laughs> it would be bad. Sourced. The worst. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the EXO podcast. We're here with Montel and Kristen Jordan. Thanks Thank for being you. here. Be Excited here. to be here. We are at EXO Atlanta and we are having a great time. Uh, Montel and Kristen speak this afternoon. They're doing some other stuff uh, here at the event. We're going to have a little bit of discussion with them on their life, their marriage, their ministry, the music, yeah, yes. all that's happened in your life. So welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So Lots going on. Just briefly, y'all live in Atlanta. Just briefly, kind of share a little bit about uh, the new book coming out. This is how we do it, Making Your Marriage a Masterpiece. Yeah. It's coming out October 17th. Mm-hmm. So just share a little bit about that and a little bit about how you got from music to pastor- pastoring at uh, Victory Church. And uh, just a little bit more about the, the book. Well, uh, I'll, I'll just start by saying uh, the idea of the, the book uh, was God gave that to my wife first. And I, and I, I had to follow suit because, you know, because I, I love a happy home. Uh, no, but the, the beauty is that it was something we were able to, to come together and do. Uh, she's a great speaker. She's a great mentor. Um, I get to speak 
and, and do things in ministry as well. But it's not very often that people over the years had an opportunity to see us together mm -hmm. because through the music business, I was artist out front. She was manager behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And so it was always you would see one without the other and not necessarily see what God was doing with us collectively. And so now with the book, uh, we have an opportunity for people to to see us both, to see us uh, both speak, to see us both teach, to see us interact, uh, and to realize that all this time they've been seeing kind of 50% here and 50% there, as opposed to seeing the full package of what uh, what I think God wants to do right now. One, and allowing my wife to uh, to have more of a, of a front seat view of what I've been looking at for years and audiences and stages and stuff like that. And we get to do it together now. And so awesome. the book uh, is not... I mean, it's a resource, but for us, really, uh, it's just uh, almost like an exclamation point to what God has put on our marriage for now people to be able to see us and hear us uh, come together uh, and do what we what we get to do now. Good. Absolutely. Awesome. We got to uh, do small groups uh, when we first started at Victory World Church, and it kind of inspired our whole thought process. And so we used to do intensive where they got to ask us questions, real tough questions, and what they were interested in and things that hard. they needed. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, you know what's really fascinating was, um, so there was a season of like seven years of life where we went through these <laughs> intense, like what people would call cataclysmic or horrific things. And I used to wake up and be like, God, I, I live this, walk this, breathe this. I love you with my whole heart. Why are all these things happening? And I couldn't understand it. And um, he would always tell me, I'll give you double for your trouble, and it's yeah. not about you. And I was like, okay, interesting, except for today. I'm having a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at the end of that, um, we would see fast forward what that would mean. So when we're sitting in a room full of couples that have all these really tough questions, what do you do when your house burns to the ground? Well, actually, in 2005, uh, well, what do you do when you lose a child? Actually, in 2001, and it was all these tough questions, you know, when you file bankruptcy, when all of these horrific things that we got to see, um, what happens when the husband loses his job? Well, in 2002, you know, and we realized that all of these experiences, all of these things that we would call cataclysmic, became the propelling of where God was about to take us. It was our training ground. It was our training ground. And there wasn't a question that we fielded that we really couldn't say, oh, well, we really can't speak to that. It was like, wow, this is, it's not about you. Yeah. And... The thing is, is the good part is, is that it became our fuel. And so that's kind of what birthed this book. Yeah, it's good. No, it's powerful. I mean, you can't minister from what you don't know. Yeah. And so kind of fast forward. Y'all were in the music business. There were times in your marriage where it wasn't great. And y'all were surrounded by people who weren't the role models for a healthy yeah. Christian marriage. Yeah. So talk about that season of life and how y'all kind of got through that. Uh, maybe some of the, the darker moments. And how God's used that to, to minister to people who may not go to church, who may not be a part of that. Well, uh, I can start out by saying uh, the music business is, is not conducive to marriage. It, it was not designed uh, to enhance that and to cultivate that culture. Um, long story short, uh, I wanted to be successful in the music business. I didn't know how to be successful as a husband, as a father, but music was something I was gifted at and good at doing. Uh, and so because of that in the music business, uh, we, were, we understood that if you wanted to be a successful artist, uh, men had to want to... Uh, be you and women had to want to be with you mm -hmm. and so that did not look well for someone who was married and so I took on the uh, the persona of I'll be married to my music as opposed to being married to my wife 
And from that standpoint, lots of things started to unfold and unravel because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And I'm now saying I'm married to my music and my wife becomes my mistress. And so we started to live out those things. Uh, I was an unfaithful husband. Uh, I was unfaithful for many years in our marriage. You know, I listened to, to Pastor Jimmy as he talked about, you know, the first three years of how difficult it was. We went through seven years of not just difficulty, but of breaches in our marriage. And I think, one, it contributes now to the transparency that we're able to have in our marriage because in addition to the great principles and the great teachings that we're able to get uh, regarding marriage, um, people need practical, I need to be able to reach out and see that this can happen, but God is a redeemer. And if he can fix what we had, that's, we're like the, the really super bad kid story. That, and I think that's our relevancy. I think that's our transparency of being able to say, you know what, I was unfaithful to my wife. And it's disarming to people because a lot of people who will come to the conferences or that are trying to read the materials to help their marriages, they've either done the same thing or they're doing the same thing and they don't know how to get free. Mm -hmm. And so we're just trying to bring a transparency uh, to that. And the music business was a kind of our launching pad to be able to go into uh, ministry because rather than studying from a seminary, we studied in cemetery, uh, you know, where, where things are dead. Uh, but God, you know, like Lazarus brought some things back to life. And now we get an opportunity to still go back into the music business, to still go back into Hollywood. But uh, we are like Lazarus because they knew we were dead. But they're kind of seeing us now like you were dead, right? I remember you. Mm -hmm. you are I remember seeing you die. But you're walking around and you're eating with us and you're hanging out with us. Mm -hmm. You look like them, but there's something different about you. And we get an opportunity to, to be that now in marriage to the rest of the world in addition to the church. So, Kristen, what gave you the strength to stay? I mean, during that season, the seven years, what, what, what was it that gave you? Well, I, I wasn't aware um, because like they came to him, they also came to me. And I wanted to be a businesswoman. It was the thing that I desired most. Uh, my mother taught me to be self-sufficient and independent. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't think I could be a successful wife or a successful mother. That wasn't really what I aspired to. And really, I was afraid because I didn't think I could be that. But I knew I could do business well. I would tell him, I'm going to make you a million dollars, but I'm not going to make you eggs. Are you okay with that? Is that a deal breaker? <laughs> <You're> a chef. <laughs> buy, buy a lot of eggs with a million dollars. I'm like, good. You know? <laughs> um, and so they came to me and said, listen, if they know you're married, they're not going to take you seriously and you're going to be the wife, not the manager. So right. are you sure you want that? And I didn't want that at all. I wanted to be successful in business. Um, I was qualified because I was qualified, not because I was the wife. Sure. And so um, we bought into this hook, line, and sinker. And so I was really concerned about my business, gave everything to job and career and success. And we were wildly successful. And everything else Falling failed. Apart. Oh, absolutely. We were hemorrhaging inside. Mm -hmm. In our marriage, with our children, at home, at church, it was awful. Mm -hmm. And so, if I'm honest, there was a contributing factor to how this happens. You know, I wasn't thinking about, are your needs met? Like, <laughs> it just wasn't there. Like, I was like, we have this to achieve and these things to do and how many records to sell where we need to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I left them vulnerable and I left them out there. Um, and that's what I realized after. For me, when I found out, to stay it was nothing but the Lord mm -hmm. he yeah. is the absolute reason um, I ran around I was like I'm not doing this I can't do it and my friend asked me something critical and this is the kind of people you need to surround yourself with someone who will challenge you with the questions what did God say mm. and I was like oh 
Mm. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, you don't want to know what God said. I already know what he said. I'm not interested in that. Um, but when I did ask him and he said stay, the truth is he said, you and your daughter's life depend on it. Mm. I didn't know what that meant. But what I did know is that God is sovereign. He knows what I don't, and I have to trust him. I had seen what divorce and what that meant and what it could mean to me and my daughter. And because the enemy has no new tricks, I mean, it was, my daughter was the same age. We were married the same amount of years. It was over the same issue that my parents were divorced. So as those things would go, what I realized. Absolutely. So. I chose God's plan, That's awesome. and God totally redeemed and restored, and he taught me how to look at him differently, how to love him differently, and to trust the God in him, and to step out of the way. A lot mm-hmm. of times we try and go, well, I'm going to pay him back. <sighs> Here's the truth. If you leave it in God's hands, God can change a man's heart, sure. and I've yeah. seen him do it, and the man you see now is a total transformation Amen. of what God can do and change good. in somebody. Good, really good. Welcome back to the EXO Podcast. We're talking about dealing with abandonment in marriage today. This is more of a serious topic, I would say. It's not necessarily something that you want to, you know, it's not a celebration point in marriage. It's something where a lot of people feel hopeless and they're struggling with it. But we have some good news for you. There's a way that God can always restore your marriage no matter where it is. We believe that. But there's also some practical ways that you can take some steps to kind of get yourself to a better place. Uh, we fall in love because we pursue each other. Right. We prioritize our relationship. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, relationships break down because there's a lack of pursuit and a lack of priority. Yeah. So we get busy with work. We start to put the other things before our spouse, whether it's friends, whether it's other activities. And that's where things start to unravel for a relationship because at some point you were pursuing each other and now you're pursuing something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe one, one spouse is still pursuing, but the other one's not. Mm-hmm. And so they end up in this predicament where they're the only ones working at the marriage. Yeah. They're the only ones there working at it. And that's a that's a hard spot to be in. Um, you're basically roommates. And so how do we get past that point? Um, one of the things that I would want to encourage someone who's going through that with is you got to find your personal peace. Mm-hmm. And that peace, it, it cannot be rooted solely in the success of the marriage or even in the efforts that are being um, given by the person. Uh, that's That's not... You know, really contributing to the relationship, and the reason why I say that is, your peace has to come from your relationship with the Lord, and and that's something that it it cannot be given away um, at all costs. You have to fight for your own personal peace, your peace of mind. Um, the Bible says that the peace of God can pass all understanding, and it will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so, if all I'm focused on is fixing what's wrong in my spouse. If all I'm focused on is fixing what's wrong in the relationship mm-hmm. and my happiness is contingent solely on that, then my my personal joy every day that I wake up and it's still miserable, I'm miserable. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that a person has to kind of live in denial of their situation. because We're going to talk about solutions in a moment. But I do believe that there's this thing that you can have with God. You can have this peace with God that keeps you and it's able to uh, strengthen you to endure even the worst situations. And he'll give you peace that's able to bypass it. Like it just doesn't even make sense that you're able to remain stable and strong. Peace is not necessarily um, walking around kind of, you know, fake in denial, but it's like, I know what's going on. I know the storm that I'm going through right now, but I know God is with me and I'm going to be okay. And so maintaining your prayer life, maintaining your devotional, being in healthy groups um, of other believers, I feel like all of that strengthens you 
if you're not strong and the spouse um, that you're that you're currently in the battle with, they're also not strong. You have two weakened individuals and you're going to have a house that's divided against itself and it will not stand. And so the challenge that I would give to a person is first, pursue your own personal peace because you can't control them. But you and the Lord, you guys can walk together and and find a level, you know, where he's strengthening you and God is enabling you to to move forward within a relationship. That's the heart of Jimmy and Karen's testimony. Karen in her book, um, From Pain to Paradise, talks about their marriage was Miserable. She was kind of willing to work on it. He wasn't as engaged. And it was, wasn't until she worked on herself, dug into the word of God, and mm. found her personal relationship with God that she was able to see things start to change in their marriage. Yeah. Uh, the second thing that I'd say is there has to be uh, space for grace. A person has to get to a place where they're saying, you know what? You have a lot of flaws. Uh, you've hurt me deeply. Mm-hmm. May continue to hurt me. But I'm going to practice what the Lord has put before me, which is forgiveness. And if I don't forgive, I'm literally holding on to whatever offense, whatever hurt um, that's been dished out at me, which ultimately it makes me just like a sponge of hurt. And all I'm doing is absorbing pain. I'm absorbing all the past. I'm just taking it. And there's no we weren't built to carry sin. There's one sin bearer, and that's the Lord. And he took care of sin and he waged war against it and conquered it on the cross. If I'm carrying the sins of the past and I'm trying to live in the present, it's always going to drag me back. It's always going to drag me back. And so practicing forgiveness and saying, you know what? I know they may not be perfect. I knew that when I married them, right? Mm -hmm. I know they have flaws and yes, they've hurt me. But right now I'm going to release what it is that they've done for me. And I'm going to practice forgiveness because that again leads to my own personal freedom. Mm -hmm. And so personal, personal peace from God by maintaining that relationship with the Lord. And then secondly, I have to release and let go. Let me put it this way. I, I don't wish a divorce for anybody, but if, if you got a divorce, you're still going to have to forgive the person, mm-hmm. right? I'm not responsible for what they do, but I am responsible for how I live. And, and the two things that I know is that I need God's peace and I have to maintain my relationship with God. And then secondly, I cannot be a believer who's walking in unforgiveness and expect to maintain my personal peace and expect to, expect to love the way that Jesus wants me to love, which then at that point, it means that I'm dysfunctional as just being a believer that God created me to be. Mm-hmm. So you may be out there and you may be the one that's uh, sitting at home and you're feeling frustrated because every time you come home, uh, there's a house that is basically empty because the person living there is either not there physically or not there emotionally. Conversations you have are maybe around the bills, maybe around kids' activities, but they're not around the things that you want them to be around. And so we get this question a lot at marriage today, which is, at what point do you give up? At what point do you file for divorce? I and mean, what what is the next step whenever a spouse is unwilling to do anything? And if there's physical abandonment, mm-hmm. if they if they're just vacated they've moved out they're they're somewhere else i think there's a a maybe more accelerated avenue there but if they're still living there um i think part of the frustration i think it's even worse sometimes when a spouse stays yeah and you're you're just emotionally abandoned because at that point in time you're living it's it's torture yeah you're living with somebody that's just every day shunning you whenever you once had a great relationship and you still want that relationship the other person's just totally checked out of the marriage and so we get this question all the time which is what, what are the justifications for divorce? What, what are the grounds for divorce? And so many people read the word and they think, well, it's only for uh, adultery. Right. Um, that's the only way that I can get out of this marriage. Well, that's not what we teach here. My dad always says uh, at our conferences and at the, uh, the things that he teaches, uh, adultery, abuse, and abandonment, abandonment are all three 
uh, reasons for divorce. Now, I would say that abandonment is the longest road traveled. Like, right. You need to wait, be patient, take some time. You have to have counseling in your life, whether yeah. whether it's together or by yourself. Having somebody godly in your life, whether it's a pastor or a counselor, talking to you, helping you, like you talked about, Sean, get to a place of peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And getting you to a place where you understand that by yourself you have the power to pray yeah. and to change your spouse. But even if your spouse doesn't change, you want to move on with peace yeah. to the next you place. Got, you, you have to maintain inner healing. And I, I think that the enemy... Of course, he wants to divide and conquer. He wants to attack marriages. He wants to separate husbands and wives. And and we are, of course, on board with seeing every marriage that we possibly can saved and rescued. Um, but sometimes it will not work out. Before you get to that place, like you said, on that long road where you're saying, I'm considering divorce, what can you do? Well, my question is, have you exhausted all resources at your disposal? Mm-hmm. Have you tried everything? Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at it like this. You know, we go to colleges, we spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars uh, to take tests, you know, to get the certificate, to validate, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so on and so forth. And, and there's a huge investment there. We practice for driver's tests. We get a license for everything else. We do all of these things as a requirement. We go to work, hours and hours and hours, punching in the clock. But then when it comes to fixing a relationship, oh, I ask them to go once. I ask them to go to counseling mm-hmm. once, twice. Uh, they just aren't willing. And I'm like, look, put an ultimatum down. You're going to counseling or this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to go by this date. And if it costs, pay the cost. It's worth the investment. It's worth the fight. You know, so for me, my encouragement to um, everyone who's listening out there, your marriage is worth it. It's worth it. You know, as we talked about the couple um, that were married for all those years, you know, she said we have a good thing and it's worth it. And sometimes when it's so dark, it's hard to see how good the relationship was or how good it could be. Mm -hmm. But the only way that you're going to get, you know, the help that you need is if you actually fight for it and you decide we're going to pay whatever the cost is necessary because this is that important Mm -hmm. to us. Well, there's a couple things right now that people can do. One is intervention. So you might not be the person that can talk to your spouse, right? You may not be the best voice because right. well, they hear you talking, they hear an enemy talking. Yeah. Uh, but there may be people in their lives that can talk to them, a coworker, uh, a pastor, a friend. So employ those people yeah. to work on your behalf. If you're committed to saving the marriage, you're committed to doing the right thing, maybe those people will go to bat for you and help to bring your spouse to a place where they'll be open to hearing the truth and be open to counsel. Another one is constructive separation. We talk about this a lot at Marriage Today. Constructive separation just means that you're ready to take the next step, but you're not ready for divorce. Mm-hmm. You're ready to put uh, put an end to the misery. You know, uh, I hear my dad say all the time when he's talking to couples about divorce, God doesn't want us to live in misery. He doesn't want us to be. No. He came to set you know people free. Yeah. And to think that somebody's going to have to suffer the rest of their lives in a horrible marriage because somebody's abusing them right. or abandoning them. Um, that's that's a terrible. How do you encourage right. somebody with that? Right. Hey, just stick it out for the next fifty years, and you know, hope for the best. Fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. <laughs> Sometimes, if you're in a situation where a spouse is abusive and they're not willing to do the right thing, you have to take the next step. And say, well, I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to get first of all financially, because this uh, ex spouse or this the spouse could be racking up debt. Yeah. And you know the the financial strain of that. Could happen. I know. I know of a, a lady that that happened to. She was abandoned by her spouse physically, and 
the the debt was piling up, but at some point, in order to protect herself, she had to file for divorce. Wow. And so you have to start to, to protect yourself at some point. But again, that's the most patient route. Right. You want to be very careful about what you do in, in those regards. But to, to live in those environments, you can you can get counsel, yeah. you can get intervention, you can get people to surround you mm-hmm. and kind of help encourage your spouse to get into counseling. And then at, at the next step, you can take constructive separation into, into uh into possibility, and that's what we talk about at marriage today. But again, getting yourself healthy, having yourself in a place where you can receive ministry, uh, knowing that, like I like what Sean said, that you have the peace of God. So either you're crazy or right. you have the peace of God because right. you're in a situation that you don't like. Right. But you can uh, weather weather the storm because you have God that's at the nucleus of that, and that's what we want uh, people to end up becoming is stronger in their faith and that's stronger right. in their walk, and then praying for. Uh, God to move in their marriage, and He does it every day. We yeah. see it every day. So, stay strong if you're in that situation. Uh, be be a be an example to your spouse of how to live exactly and walk the right thing. Yeah. And we believe that that's <clears throat> um, the recipe for success. Mm-hmm. Uh, when everything seems dark, uh, we 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 hear all these studies, but sometimes you're just in a you're down. You're, you're kind of in a down place in your marriage right. or valley. Mm-hmm. If you stick through it. In three to five years, you could be in a, in a, in a peak. I mean, right. it just, it's, mm-hmm. sometimes marriage just comes in waves, and you have times where you're you're maybe not in the best place. Mm-hmm. Sticking it out, doing the right thing, pursuing your spouse, praying for them—those are all good uh, tips to make it better. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think in alignment with what you said, I went through that. My wife and I—we went through that three to five, three to five years slump. <laughs> I mean, it was literally about five years mm-hmm. where we struggled. It was hard. But I will say that both of us individually prayed. We weren't really praying together at that time, even though that would have been great. But I'm just being honest. It was hard. And um, she prayed. She was believing for the relationship. And it did help that I was believing, even though at times I wanted out. We both contemplated divorce like we were there at that place. We had kids together and we still wanted to call it quits. But we stayed in there. We stuck it out. And here's what I'd say to that. To, to what you said it was really dark but that valley there was an end to it if we did just kept walking forward mm-hmm. together and that's what we did every prayer and every counseling session was like a seed being sown or watered and in the harvest was healing mm-hmm. and it can work but if we'd have given up you know on that third year on that fourth year that fifth year it was hard for those years um, but we stuck it out and now we're married 18 years mm, you great. know with three teenagers and in, in, in encouraging other couples and so I'm, I'm looking at it like what could be your future if we walked uprightly if we were humble if we prayed through if we got the counseling you know and if we exhausted every resource what could be for you and your spouse if you stick it out it's good uh, I, I'd like to take an opportunity just to say a quick prayer for uh, sure. Sean you mind just saying a quick prayer for those out there that podcast listeners that are maybe in a situation their spouse is not not there for them and just saying a quick prayer just to to believe for them yeah uh let's pray heavenly father we thank you for every person that is listening right now or watching and we just pray father your hand of of peace your hand of protection your guidance will be upon them that father you're you're able to move in miraculous ways you see things that we can't see you know things that we don't know so father as a master surgeon i pray that you would go in and touch the hearts of both spouses and bring healing 
God, where there's bitterness, we pray that you would bring healing. Where there's anger, we pray that you would bring peace. That, God, you would literally give them victory in their relationship. We pray that you would strengthen them, God, to re um, to realign, God, their vision in their relationship. That, Father, you would guide them to the right counselors if needed. And that you would help them, God, to obtain good success within their relationship. And we thank you for victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And we care about you here at Marriage Today. We want you to know we are praying for you and your in your marriage. If you're in a place where you need help in prayer, please contact us at the ministry. You can send an email to prayer at marriagetoday.com. We, we do see all those emails that come in. We have a prayer team that prays for those. We would love to pray for you. Also, Operation Hope is another way that we minister to people. If you and your spouse need help, we have Operation Hope. The information is on our website at marriagetoday.com. We'll be posting this show and all the notes and all the links uh, on our page, xomarriage.com forward slash podcast, or on the YouTube link that we have. We hope that you'll check that out. We will be be praying for you and your spouse. I hope this has been helpful. Thanks again for tuning into the XO Podcast. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Caitlin. See you next time. We'll see you next time.